Welcome to Beyond Money, the podcast where we dive deep into the technologies and businesses changing the world. Any of the assets mentioned, whether they are securities or crypto assets, are not a recommendation to buy or sell any asset at any price. I am not a financial advisor, and this is not financial advice. Please do your own due diligence and deeply understand the assets you invest in. Today, we're going to talk about Compound, the DeFi blockchain application disrupting banks. Since commerce began, banking institutions have played a pivotal role in the expansion and development of business and commerce. People and businesses entrust their hard-earned money with banks, and banks lend depositors money out to grow and expand the economy. Whether it's someone buying a home or an entrepreneur looking to build the next great business, banks have played a pivotal role in every person's life. Because of this critical role, People have been willing to pay banks for their services in the form of interest on their loans or transaction fees. However, as time has progressed, banks have grown larger and larger, and their presence in the marketplace has become disruptive. Banks have chosen to take on excessive risk with depositors' funds, leading to the 2008 financial crisis. Banks used depositors' funds to speculate on the real estate market, and when the real estate bubble started to deflate in 2007, it almost brought down the entire financial system. Additionally, due to their insane size, banks have almost monopolistic pricing power on loan rates, international transfer fees, and other consulting fees. Everyday Americans are still getting fleeced with 18%, 22%, or even 29% credit card interest rates, all while the federal funds rate sits at 0%. And with savings and checking account rates below 0.5% across all major banks, The banks aren't sharing any of the profit with the people providing them capital. Banks think they have monopoly pricing power, and they have been gouging the public as a result. And while they did have monopolies in the past, that monopoly no longer exists. Compound, an Ethereum-based software application, is disrupting the entire banking and loan system. Compound allows anyone, from anywhere, to borrow or supply a variety of assets to anyone in the world. No central party collecting fees, no brick-and-mortar presence. All of this is done via the Ethereum blockchain and two willing parties. Let me tell you how it works. Compound DeFi loans work by using Ethereum smart contracts to link two parties and their corresponding funds into a loan agreement. A lender can choose to provide liquidity to a global asset pool where borrowers can borrow from, but borrowers must provide collateral up front. All crypto-based loans on Compound are over-collateralized loans, or loans where the amount of funds borrowed is always less than the amount of collateral provided. The amount of crypto a borrower can borrow depends upon the type of collateral they provide and that individual asset's collateral factor within the Compound protocol. The collateral factor is determined by the users of the Compound protocol via a voting process. For example, The compound token holders may decide that Ethereum is a relatively safe asset to provide as collateral, so as a result, they assign a collateral factor of 75% to Ethereum. This would mean that a borrower providing $10,000 of Ethereum as collateral could borrow up to $7,500 in any crypto asset from the compound protocol. A riskier asset used as collateral may only have a collateral factor of 25%, meaning that $10,000 posted as collateral could only provide a maximum loan size of $2,500. So what's the point of the collateral? Well, in an over-collateralized loan, 
The collateral is used to give the lender protection on their lent assets in case the borrower defaults. In under-collateralized loans such as personal loans, if a borrower defaults, the lender has no assets to seize, so the lender is left holding the bag. In an over-collateralized loan, however, like the crypto loans that occur on the compound protocol, lenders receive the borrower's collateral to cover their losses. Let me give you an example. Let's say a lender provides $10,000 worth of Ethereum to the Compound Protocol to generate some yield on their crypto. An interested borrower comes along and decides to borrow 5,000 Ethereum, posting 10,000 Bitcoin as collateral. In this scenario, the borrower is borrowing 50% of the crypto they provided as collateral in US dollar terms. This loan has a LTV or loan to value of 50%, meaning the borrower's collateral can decrease by 50% before their collateral is liquidated and sent to the lender. So if the $10,000 worth of Bitcoin provided by the borrower loses half of its value relative to the Ethereum borrowed, then the Bitcoin is sent to the lender and the loan is settled. At that point in time, the borrower would have $5,000 in Ethereum, assuming no price decline, and the lender would have $5,000 in Ethereum and $5,000 in Bitcoin. The lender would have exactly the same amount of funds they started the loan with, and the borrower would keep the funds they borrowed from the lender. No further exchange is required, and all of these asset transfers and liquidations are completely automated via smart contracts. Default risk is completely eliminated for lenders as well, an intelligent innovation given the amount of damage defaults can cause in the financial system as witnessed in the 2008 financial crisis. However, the complicated thing about compound loans is the idea of relative pricing and how volatile assets intertwined in a loan contract can become very complicated. It's possible that collateral provided by a user may go up in US dollar terms, but if the asset borrowed appreciates at a faster rate, liquidation is still possible. Liquidation on the compound protocol is based solely upon the relative value of collateral to assets borrowed, or loan to value ratio. If the value of the assets borrowed ever equals the value of the collateral provided, complete liquidation of the borrower's collateral occurs regardless of the combination of assets involved in the transaction. This is the general premise of how the compound protocol works. So how are the interest rates for each asset on compound calculated? The best market mechanism ever invented, supply and demand. For example, if there's a lot of demand to borrow Ethereum, the interest rate to borrow will be high, and the yield for those providing liquidity to the borrowing pool would also be high. This way, Borrowers are disincentivized from borrowing Ethereum with higher borrowing costs, and lenders are incentivized to lend Ethereum. Over the long run, the interest rate would decrease as a relative balance of supply and demand occurs. Currently, the interest rate to supply Ethereum is 0.08%, and the rate to borrow is 2.74%, suggesting that there are plenty of people supplying Ethereum to the compound protocol relative to the demand for Ethereum. USDC, on the other hand, is paying 2.95% to lenders, and the rate to borrow is 4.32%, suggesting a relatively high demand for USDC borrowers. The borrow rate for an asset is always higher than the yield to lend that asset, by the way. There will never be a scenario where an asset can be borrowed for cheaper than the yield generated for supplying that asset, as if this were true, yield arbitragers could take advantage to generate risk-free returns. For example, an arbitrager could borrow Ethereum at 2% from Compound and supply it at 4%, making a risk-free 2%. Interest on Compound loans can be paid at any time, 
whether it's immediately or indefinitely. Something to keep in mind, however, is the interest accrued is added to the total amount borrowed, so postponing paying off the interest will increase one's risk of liquidation, assuming stable prices. In a bull market where the value of one's collateral continues to increase, not paying the interest may pay off, but in a bear market, the opposite occurs, with the accruing interest increasing the total amount borrowed relative to the value of the collateral provided. So at the end of the day, what does Compound allow people to do? Compound allows anyone to lend or borrow with anyone else in the world directly, eliminating banks as a third-party intermediary. Why would someone want to do this? Multiple reasons. 1. Many market participants use Compound to speculate on the prices of crypto assets, whether it's up or down. If someone is bullish on Bitcoin and believes it's going to go up, they may post Bitcoin as collateral, borrow USDC, and use that USDC to purchase additional Bitcoin, giving that person leveraged exposure to Bitcoin. If someone is bearish on Bitcoin and believes it's going to go down, they can post USDC as collateral, borrow Bitcoin, then immediately sell it on the open market. When Bitcoin goes down, the person who sold their USDC can use the cash from selling to buy back Bitcoin at a lower price, profiting the difference. This most likely is the main use case for Compound. A second use case, a use case with dramatically more value, is allowing users to borrow funds for short amounts of time at minimal cost to pay short-term liabilities or cover short-term liquidity crunches. This is also known as money markets. In the traditional financial market, sometimes trades, exchanges, and wire transfers can take several days to settle, and an institution may find itself with limited liquidity waiting for transactions to settle. To mitigate this risk, institutions will tap money markets, where they can borrow funds for short periods of time to cover their liabilities, while they wait for transfers to settle. This happens often with banks. Instead of having to borrow money from other banks or the Federal Reserve, who often charge steep interest rates of 8, 9, or 10% for this short-term liquidity, institutions can turn to Compound and borrow money using their assets as collateral to cover short-term liquidity crunches. The short-term lending market is worth more than $5.5 trillion currently in the traditional finance space, yet Compound is worth less than $1.3 billion. 4,000 times smaller the valuation for the same service at a lower cost. That alone should give everyone an idea of the size of the opportunity ahead of Compound. Another key advantage of Compound is that the loans have no fixed terms. Loans can be for 30 minutes or for 30 years. It's completely up to the borrower. There's also a cool feature where people can choose to take over distressed loans at a discount, acquiring the underlying assets in the loan at a 5% discount to market value. For example, if someone is in a loan where their collateral is being liquidated due to insufficient collateral, another user can choose to take over that loan and purchase the underlying collateral at a 5% discount, but that user would then be on the hook to manage that loan and maintain collateral levels. Definitely something more for risk-seeking lenders, as collateral-based loans in the crypto world can always go against you, but an interesting way to accumulate crypto at a discount to market prices. Wrapping everything up. Here's the Beyond Money take. Compound has created a way for any individual, regardless of location, net worth, or background, to borrow or lend money to or from any other individual. All the barriers and friction of the current financial system have been removed, and capital can be lent or borrowed from anywhere in the world. 
While decentralized lending is currently limited to a small amount of use cases, such as short-term liquidity and speculation, it's the ability to borrow or lend across country borders with nothing but the Ethereum blockchain and an internet connection that's truly the important innovation. It is my belief that in the long run, the DeFi lending space will expand to much more than over-collateralized loans, opening the door for many around the world to get funding for their ideas or needs. Many projects and companies are working on using blockchain data to develop a credit score-like system that looks at an individual's financial transactions and determines the riskiness of that borrower. To me, having a direct look at one's financial transactions would be the ultimate way to determine one's financial riskiness compared to the archaic systems we use in today's credit score system. Someone may be deemed to be a risky borrower today due to past actions, even though they may have a much higher paying job now. A new system where users can anonymously but transparently show their financial transactions would be the best system for judging one's credit worthiness. This may take some time to develop as almost everyone's financial transactions will need to transfer to blockchain-based systems, but I have no doubts that over the long run, this will be the case. Compound may be starting with just over-collateralized loans, but they ultimately could be much more. If the existing financial infrastructure is to be replaced by a decentralized blockchain-based system, under-collateralized loans will need to be created as the majority of revenue and profit of the current system is driven by loans to lower net worth borrowers with low credit scores and high interest rates. However, even if you take out this future opportunity, Compound is still incredibly undervalued. Compound currently has over 15.4 billion in assets being lent or borrowed on the protocol across 17 different markets. At a $1.25 billion market cap, Compound is priced at less than one-tenth the value of the loan market it has created. The current short-term lending market is valued at $5.5 trillion. So if half of this is a transition to a blockchain-based system like Compound, a little over $2 trillion in assets would transition to DeFi lending, which at the same ratio of 10 to 1 assets to market cap, Compound would be worth $20 billion, a more than 15x from the current valuation. It is my belief that Compound will do much more than just be a short-term liquidity and asset lending platform. So a 15x long-term is my base case. I wouldn't be surprised if Compound was a global leader in DeFi lending in the future, where any individual from anywhere in the world can lend or borrow money on a short or long-term basis. The world's largest banks have trillions in assets and have market caps in the same 10 to 20% of assets range. If Compound were to grow to have assets in the trillions of dollars, Compound could easily be a $100 billion piece of technology. And just like the Uniswap token, the Compound token represents voting rights on changes, implementations, and ultimately power to influence the future direction of the software, just like most shares of a stock would in a company. On top of that, Compound token holders receive distributions, like a dividend, for holding the token on the Compound protocol. Not only do you have a voice and the ability to influence the future of the software, but token holders are rewarded for this action as well. It's a beautiful system where the token holders are incentivized to maximize the utility and value of the token for the long run, just like any good shareholder would for a company. Compound may be small today, with a relatively small number of assets and use cases, but its technology has much more potential and represents much, much more. Never before has anyone from anywhere in the world, 
been able to lend or borrow money across the internet free of any barriers. A decentralized financial system free of discrimination and full of opportunity is here and is growing rapidly, and the legacy financial system is being disrupted. Compound is helping lead that disruption. Thank you for listening today. I hope you found the podcast entertaining, insightful, and inspiring. If you're an investor, follow me on Public, the social investing app at Jay Zaleski. There, you'll see all the investment moves I'm making and why I'm making them in real time. Spotify listeners, follow the podcast within the app to get push notifications whenever the latest podcasts drop. I hope you all have a fantastic day, and thank you for listening to Beyond Money. Beyond Money.